this is Sitcom Geeks podcast. It's a little bit chaotic here. We are at the Writers Guild, and um, we have some special guests with us, which is very exciting. Uh, there's Dave Cohen here, obviously. Hello. We also have the wonderful Kay Stonham. Hello. We have the lovely Carrie Quinlan. Hello. The delightful Joel Morris. Hello. And the amazing Abigail Burdus. Hi. A series of uh, adjectives there used to describe people. Please don't read anything into them. Uh, we've just been meeting uh, as part of the Writers Guild, but we just thought, well, let's record a podcast straight afterwards and talk about the thing that um, that writers love to talk about, which is money. Mm. Um, they do say that uh, a- aspiring writers talk about writing. Actual writers talk about money. Um, I think there, the, is some, uh, there is some truth in that. And the word is not talk, the word is moan. Yes, that's something that we do. And in fact, people well. have said a collective of writers is a moan of writers, I think, is a good, good description. So but with good reason. With, with good, good reason. reason. Yeah. So um, let's talk a bit about money uh, from a comedy uh, perspective. It's all about having the uh, right expectations about writing and money. So, for example, th- did anyone here when they started writing comedy, think, oh, I'll tell you what would be a great way to make money would be to write comedy. Does anyone think that, or do you see it more as an illness? Do you know what? I kind of did. I'm embarrassed to say that I kind of did. But that's only because, in my defence, I was an actress. And, you know, that's so, you know... It that's seemed... no defence. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is it. No, it seemed like a step up. I, I realise I made my mistake, but there you are. Yeah, no, is... A writer's just an actor who can't be bothered to do bar work. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm Stuff, but I, it was a cool house that I wanted to do as a kid. But the first person I went to for advice was Ian Davidson, who wrote Sorry and lots of Barry Humphreys, and he had a very nice house. And I believe leaving his house, <laughs> to to Jason Blaine, there's money in this. <laughs> so I was kind of distorted by the fact that he'd had a very long and good career writing for Dame Edna. So. You were duped by, by the Dame Edna millions. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic, I was going to say, ironically, we as comedy writers, we are among some writers who actually have a chance of making money. Um, I often say to people, I'm very lucky that I happen to be able to write comedy because if I was equivalently good at writing poetry, my house would not be as good as it is now. There is not great money in poetry, mm. but as it happens, I can write situation comedy rather than poems. And that's, that's not fair. I mean, in the 1600s, sitcom writing skills, very limited, <laughs> but I would have cleaned up as a bard, I'm sure. What about yeah. comedy poetry? I think it's just Pam isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She's got that sewn oh, up. Yeah. Yeah, she'll come round to your house if you start it, so yeah. don't. <laughs> don't, and um, don't forget, um, I think this will go out before November the 24th, my last uh, performance of Music Was My First Love, my stand-up <laughs> comedy poem, um, which I'll be doing in uh, the Clapham Bookshop, so there you go. This is shameless. <laughs> I know. Yeah. got to make a living, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man's got to do. And it's, it's interesting because actually, uh, and, and, and what's happened in the last few years, and, and you could have said uh, novelist uh, instead of poet, because what certainly um, in the last few years, the amount of money that has been available for writers has diminished at every level. And certainly, I know a lot of people, I know people who are novelists, and uh, they their careers have basically finished because they were. Uh, they were doing okay and they were selling a few thousand uh, books but now the world of publishing is such that they they have kind of fallen by the wayside and a kind of similar thing uh, if you don't know if the committee uh, bear me out on this but it seems to be happening with comedy as well there seems to be less money around even though there's not necessarily less shows have we found that generally? There's no development money uh, the same thing's happened if you're, if you're working in publishing if you're going with a good idea for a book they now say, okay, J.K. Rowling, go off and write the whole thing. Whereas they used to give you money for a couple of chapters. There's, a, If you 
haven't proved yourself, they will ask you to write the whole novel, which I'm sure wasn't always the case back in there. I've, I've pitched books into publishers and been told to go off and write it. Right. Um, here's, some money, some, here's some money so you can eat while you're writing yes. it. Well, well, that's that's amazing amazing. We oh, think yeah. you should go away and write it. Oh, thank oh, goodness yeah, you're here. Yeah, because yeah, I wouldn't have thought of doing that otherwise. But I think <laughs> with comedy, it was always that you were doing a job as a craft because the, the slots need to be filled. It's not like writing a a book of poems or it's an industrial process isn't it yeah you're part of a bigger mm. it's a collaborative thing so the invitation was always there for you to develop work and increasingly they're asking for scenes for free and whole scripts for free which is new and wrong yeah mm. there's also the, the, the problem is whether there's more money or not in the system or not I don't know because there are now more channels and there are lots of comedies and they used the same number of comedies used to be on three or four channels are now on 15 channels but the other issue is that there is money but to what extent is our experience of having thought, oh, I bet you I could get paid if I came up with that kind of idea or did that kind of show, and then you've slightly resented it or it hasn't worked out or the game has changed and you just think, oh, I should have just written the show that I wanted to do rather than the show which I thought I'd be paid for. Does cynical writing work? Mm. You get asked to do cynical writing. I think that's the difference, is that, is that you, are, you can always get some work if you're a professional comedy writer and write to order and I would expect of course, can you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody told us and if you did that if someone asked you to do it and my, my rule always with, with everything I've done music and things was, was I wouldn't do it until someone asked Sure, yeah. can I have some of your jobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. work out there if you want to for, for, and I would expect you paid for that and I think that there's a blurring between that and pure creative expression that, that they're expecting increasingly do not pay in, but in terms of the writing where you've got a blank sheet of paper and you think I, I am a sitcom writer I would like to write a sitcom oh I bet you they'd really want I mean at the moment they do still want BBC One 830 pre-watershed three camera sitcom shows and it may be that you think oh if only I could think of one of those and actually you're not that kind of writer and you'd be better off writing a single camera channel four show is that worth jumping through the hoops or well I've done that I've certainly done that at least twice in my career I've been only twice that. wow that's well, good well two, two, two years development at a stretch you know, oh wow twice. a stretch uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, wow. a two stretch. year stretch yeah, and I didn't even get time off for good behaviour oh Nothing, man no. and so yeah I have done that and I've got mixed feelings about it because that was in the days when you did get paid for a, a script free so you know I got paid for my work whatever but I was developing probably slightly outside what I felt was my voice as a writer, a little bit. And then when I did the thing that I was asked to do, which was come up with a big old, you know, um, sitcom that's uh, got a big lead in it and, a, and an audience, a sitcom, a multi-camera, etc., etc., I was then really didn't get it commissioned because it was a female lead and there were so few people who they would accept as a female lead on BBC One. Right. So once the people who they would accept didn't go forward then yeah, I didn't get it commissioned that was the end of it yeah mm-hmm. were, were there any women they'd accept as a female lead no <laughs> and literally that did happen it did become a male lead at a certain point wow yeah, the, yeah so that so I mean I are you that saying that you came up with Mrs Brown's voice <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm hearing oh, how did you know I've answered myself I've been told once I mean, it's not that long ago where we pitched in a sitcom that we said we'd We'd like to write something with a strong female lead mm-hmm. in it, and we had a quite a good idea for it. And we suggested Olivia Coleman, and we were told the BBC One would never make anything with Olivia Coleman as a lead. I love yeah. that thought. Yeah. That there was a world in which she wasn't a bankable yeah. option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they suggested Caroline Quentin. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, they're very, very similar, aren't they? How long ago was that? 
uh, probably second or third series of Michelin Web, so she was doing okay. okay. But there's always a list, Germans. isn't there, per channel of like the people yeah. who they will or won't accept. I don't blame the person yeah. who told me that either, because he was no, right. No, they wouldn't have not. gone with that. Yeah. No, the yeah. number of women who were accepted to be able to lead a show, mm. to sell a show, was tiny. Tiny, French, French tiny. and Saunders, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's the same with men. There's a list of men as yeah. well, but there's a much there's a much bigger, bigger list of men than there are of women, so you've got more yeah. chance. Although there was a period where that list of men for ITV contained only the words Sean Bean. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So that, no matter what you typed into a date casting database, the word Sean Bean came out. That was we, it. Um, we, we've had a few questions, well, a couple of questions. Uh, we, we asked on Twitter if anyone had questions, bearing in mind we were making this podcast. Um, somebody, uh, Christian Corley, has uh, asked us um, what is the difference, um, for instance... Uh, between BBC audio rates against um, something like YouTube. Uh, Sounds like good. a setup to a joke, doesn't it? What's the <laughs> yeah. difference between BBC <laughs> audio <laughs> rates and Bill Bailey always used to say... 30 quid in your will to live. They always have... The, they always have uh, <laughs> They always have comedy, uh, these sort of joke contests they used to have at stand-up gigs. I don't know if they still do them. Uh, and the, the question would always be something topical. You know, what's the difference between da-da-da and da-da-da? And um, Bill Bailey would say, right, he would put in the answer every time would be eight quid. Yeah. And that was the only answer. And he would, he would win the joke competition several times. Like, what's the difference between um, Theresa May and Article 50? Eight, eight quid. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a very versatile yeah. 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 Just, um, it's the against humanity, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Just, I'd like to an answer to that, though, yeah. about the audio. Well, it, 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 I, I'll, I'll make a quick answer. So first of all, the, the YouTube aspect, which was that um, the answer would almost certainly have been uh, don't even think about YouTube. Um, in the last two years, that has changed, and now it is actually possible to make a small amount of money from royalties from uh, YouTube. But you don't or really a large use. amount of money if you're an unboxer. Yeah. yeah, once if you're doing a, if you are a kind of YouTube star, you'll be, yeah. you're, you're, you're you're be boxing with the way out of poverty now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's, what's unboxing? <laughs> Do you know what unboxing? Wow, that's, that's a, a way better joke than it You buy something from a shop. You buy something from a shop for free. You pay for the rest. Live. You unbox it on YouTube and you show it to people. Seriously, yeah, they're massive YouTube stars. Well, the look on Carrie's face is priceless. It's mostly technology if it's. Boys yeah. or makeup of its girls, yeah. but not not exclusively. But check it out. Yeah. I think if you want to unbox, you have to be like nineteen. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I feel, I feel we're getting yeah. distracted the from making a living. I think we should yeah. go back and become much yeah. younger. Yeah. I'm thinking wow. of doing OAP we, unboxing. Well, just very quickly. I was genuinely going to pitch an old Zoella. <laughs> we um, we should just very quickly before Kay answers uh, that um, we, we should quickly refer back to the more general question because uh, James and I have dealt with this is is it worth me making um, a YouTube a sketch or is it worth me doing a podcast we would always say podcasts they're a hell of a lot cheaper YouTube however much money you spend on it however ex- uh, however good the people you get to do it it never is going to look as good as uh, a proper broadcast show so we would say if you want to do something off your own bat, podcast is probably a wiser choice. It's unless easy. you're really good looking. Unless you're really good looking, unless your idea is strictly visual. The I beauty of po- I am really good looking. The beauty so of podcasting is that you can do something that's almost broadcast quality for zero money. Yeah. To make a YouTube video that's broad, almost broadcast quality, you can spend thousands of pounds and still not manage it. Mm. But that said, if you have an idea that 
that is very easy to do. Like you know, like Jenna Marbles is just funny talking to her screen, yeah. and that works for her, yeah. and that's great. Isn't it the same as, as making a film? If you low budget features, mm. just use what you've got. So if you've yeah. got two friends who are good looking and a shed, mm. and that's all your your film needs, then yeah. your film will be fine. Yeah. Sounding yeah. like porn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, go where the money is. <laughs> I'm going to start an unboxing podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start a porn unboxing podcast. Yeah. 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 You no, know. I think you were just asking, oh. wondering whether we were going to answer the question or not. No, I was just wondering whether we were going to answer the question because I was going to say, surely nowadays, you know, you probably could make more on YouTube. I, I don't think so, and, I, and I think I think um, radio is still viable. I don't think the money has gone up in radio for quite a long time, but it's a great place to make a start. It's proper. It's broadcast. People can hear it. It'll end up on iPlayer. Um, so you're not really doing it for the money at this point anyway. And so if you do something with it's going to be BBC Radio, you're going to be produced, you're going to improve yeah. as a writer. Whereas if you do anything on YouTube, you're, you're really learning in the dark. Yeah. Um, but also you're learning in plain view of everybody else. Yeah. So I think it's a very double-edged sword. There's no barriers to market, which is good in a way, but there's another way in which those barriers are actually there partly for a reason and do increase the quality. Obviously, sometimes you might listen to something on Radio 4 and just want to drive into the central reservation of the radio. my show again. But, um, <laughs> but actually, the, the standard's pretty good, and, um, and you know, that is not the case on YouTube. Well, also, yeah, also isn't 90% of learning to be a professional writer isn't learning to write, it's learning to take notes to work with other people yeah. and to learn to take advice and how to work, work in a collaborative environment. So if you're just doing it on your own at the beginning, if you stay on your own, you won't actually really learn. Yeah, but mm. we're, we're speaking from a really privileged position of being in the position where we've all had commissions we can all get on radio, most of us, you know, at some point, and not everyone can do that. No, it's and true. It, yeah. It's true to say that if you can't and you're out there and you want to write stuff, do it yourself, go for it. And put it that on is true. However, you know? anyone I, I came off the internet and it was really good and it was really cheap. Yeah. But that was when you could just build the gift that was 200k and get get a book deal back yeah. in a million years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but also, although anyone can, not everyone can get a radio show, that, that may be true, but everyone can write a script. Everyone can write a PDF script. Everyone can listen to the radio, hear a radio producer who creates stuff that, you know, makes things that they like, or sorry, produces stuff that they like, and can send it to them. And I think if you can, if you can, if you've got time after work to actually work hard on something, I think working hard on a script which will get you work rather than a YouTube video, yeah. for some people will reap greater dividends. Can, can I actually, Joel, can I ask you about, because um, as you say, you came through you came, came through sort of putting stuff up on the internet, didn't you? The yeah. glorious family examiner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, oh so, I remember I it well. I cried laughing. Obviously, the internet exam. has changed slightly. In there was the, only two of us back then. There were only eight websites on the whole of the internet. It was us and Charlie Brooker. In America, it was the onion. There were three of us back what what would you say to it's someone now joke, who's thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I, I shall set up like a spoof uh, website oh, or God, something? You no, know, the point about it is it, it's got no barriers to entry. I think that's what I'm mm. becoming. It's about YouTube. There's no barriers to entry. If, you, if what you've got will work and look good, and it needs to look as good as the professional one. So if you can design a spoof newspaper website or something like that, and it looks as good as the Danny Mash, 
then do it. For God's sake, don't do one that doesn't look as good as that, because actually it's not hard to make it look as good as a real one, because the technology is the same. It's different than... You can't, it costs a fortune to get an HD camera and lighting and actors mm. and things like that, but you can make something that graphically looks like, a, I don't know, an innovations catalogue or something, and it will stand alongside the real versions of the Christmas time books. If you want to do something that looks like Viz, you could do that online, mm. um, but it's, it's aimed at something you could achieve, I think, and then it will stand on its own two feet and get forwarded around. The joy of the internet is that people forward it to each other mm. in a way that they don't do radio. Mm. So you can build an audience. Sharing. And is yeah. it fair to say it's a, it is a different audience as well? I mean, yeah. Radio 4, Radio Comedy Best All in the World, it is a slightly older audience. You know, if you're on YouTube, then you're probably looking at a different kind of audience, a younger audience, you know. The reason that we did Family in the first place was we wanted to have access to, to comedy and do comedy, and we found out that it cost £25 to buy a website. And if you say compared to how much it costs to mm. to launch a magazine or do a sketch night or something like that, it's quite cheap. It's and you can do it. You can fit it around other things. Mm. You can do it in the bedroom at night. You can do it, you know, uh, at work in your lunch break rather than. Or with two friends in a shed. Or yeah. with two friends in a shed. <laughs> and yeah. when you send off your script, your nice PDF script that you've written, yeah. and you say, look, I've already done this, yeah. you do look more credible, because you've yeah. done something you've got yeah. off yeah. your ass and done It's this. a bit of a both hand. You won't yeah. get paid, yeah. but it's a very good way of getting spent. Yeah. Yeah. I've just time for one more uh, question uh, from that internet that we've been talking about, yeah. or rather specifically from Twitter. Six people I know. Uh, <laughs> yes, now I'm not quite sure. Uh, it says, if one was to choose, from Jonah Faisel, it says, if one was to choose crowdfunding models for a podcast sitcom project, uh, what perks seem pointless perks for funders? <laughs> uh, now, uh, ah, now I know what it is. Yeah, I think that's when you do a Kickstarter or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right, yeah, for a thousand pounds, you get a free copy of the uh, video. You get to come round to my house, visit and have the a shed tea with the yeah. two people. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I've yeah. just because we're pushed for time, I'm going to jump in. So I've run a Kickstarter campaign to mm. turn a play I did into a DVD called The Gold Particle, and um, and that went quite well. Um, but it's worth saying, I think people do think of Kickstarter as a little bit of a magic wand in terms of suddenly money turns up from the sky. And I would imagine, and I spoke to one or two other people who have run Kickstarter campaigns, that you probably know or know people who know every single person who backs your Kickstarter campaign. The number of people you've literally never heard of suddenly deciding to give a total stranger some money, I think is very, very low. So there's a sense in which the people who are giving you money to do it don't really care what they get in return because they just want you to succeed. Now, I may be very wrong about that, uh, but in terms of zero-budget comedy type of ideas that we're talking about on this show, they're not going to money's not going to appear out of the sky and therefore I think the perks can be a little bit of a red herring so I think offer what you can but I think any obvious do's and don'ts on that have to be within a framework of the fact that everyone around you know I mean we've all been invited to you know kickstarters and that kind of stuff I mean what are the things that make you want to join in or not join in I think you can sometimes get there can be specific instances where it's worth um doing a kickstarter at all but uh, I think it's probably only when it's like niche interest so you got like if you say you're I don't know what what you've got a thing that you want to sell you've got a particular you've got a neurological condition that your main character also has <laughs> then you know sure like do that and sell it with to people who are also interested in that neurological yeah, condition exactly. you know like but yeah. but I think generally if unless you've got a I mean I I once did a Kickstarter for a very niche interest of feminism. 
Uh, and so we did get a few strangers. But we did get a few people mm. who were strangers in, investing because it had a, a particular yeah. interest. But I, I think it's that I think you've got to be I think the general the help, general help fund me to to do my idea which I basically want to do and yeah, it's a li- it's a little bit would you like to sponsor me to go on holiday? I disagree with now, now. I totally disagree. We've now had a, a, a sitcom pilot totally funded on Kickstarter, haven't we? Brenda Kilhoogist on it. Yeah, but she was yeah. already famous. Yeah. And all yeah, of her friends are famous who are in it. Brenda was able to ask Jack yeah, D. Um, it had Jack D. and Harry Hill in it. Does that relate to saying that says that you're tied to something else then? Because people who are fans of your other work will come in. So if you did a. I went to see a film last night that was a Kickstarter film about Star Wars, and it wasn't because anyone wanted John to make that film, it was that they liked Star Wars. So you were tied to something that would attract strangers. Yeah, yeah I think that's true that there's obviously much more much more point in doing it if you've got that, but I, I think there is a point of doing it. I thought what you were saying, Abby, was there's no point in doing it because it's your own project, but you know, I think there is a point in doing it, but like anything else, you've got to market it, you've got to find yeah. what's your unique selling point and, and go with that, haven't you? I'll say about um, what would induce me, there was a, a friend of mine made a film, and for £100 I could have been a producer. And I, I was too tight. I wanted to be a, I wanted to have the producer credit. Yeah. I wanted that, and I, I didn't pay. And now that film was really successful, and I kicked myself. Oh, yeah. I kicked myself. I didn't pay that hundred pounds. If you offered the writers 50. access to that strong yeah. credit, they give you thousands. Anything, anything. So uh, we, we have to wrap things up here because we're. Can being I produce this podcast? <laughs> the room. Please do. Um, uh, just before we finish. Um, to the listening uh, dozens out there, uh, do any of our, let's go around and maybe if anyone's got any advice for what to write, how to write, just one piece of advice you wish you'd been told maybe 10 or 15 years ago, is it, would that be a thing that, that you could possibly pull out of thin air with literally, now I'm getting so many stony looks don't, and baffled. Um, no, yeah. Joel's going to start though. Don't, uh, this turned up at the Carter Comedy Conference last year, Kate Haldane, the agent said it, said, don't, I won't use the word cheese, but don't be awful. <laughs> Genuinely, uh, the number of writers who've had a really good career who are a bit prissy and demanding, be nice. Yeah. Be the kind of person you'd like to spend some time in a room with or down the pub. It's just being a sociable person to get on with will get you way more work than being really good at writing. Yeah. <laughs> or at least it's a, it's a bit of a basic, isn't it? You've yeah. got to yeah. get that. Learn to, and that, yeah. that goes with mm. learn to take advice, learn to not kick yeah. off when someone gives you notes. And, but just be a nice person yeah. to work with because people will always pick you over the difficult mm-hmm. people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? I'd say um, finish stuff and then yeah. send that's... it to people. Oh, that's yeah. a good Finish one. stuff that's and send it to one. people. Yeah. You know, that is very, yeah. very wise. Yeah. Yeah. You would be surprised how many people don't yeah, know. It took me a long time to, yeah. to stop going, but surely somebody will ask me. They want to see my script, they're going to come and ask me. And I'm like, <laughs> why am I not being discovered <laughs> in my front room? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Brian said, is a telephone call someone needs to pick up at the other end, otherwise it's not finished. I'd like to say that I think, you know, don't be put off if you don't get somewhere straight away and, and accept that there's going to be quite a lot of rejection and that happens to everybody not just you because yeah. uh, I think a lot yeah. of people get one rejection and are so broken hearted by it that they're never doing anything again Brilliant. The last piece of advice I would say is consider joining the Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, not only can you be you can be a full member, but you can also be a candidate member. I don't quite know what that is, um, but it's a way of being. It's like being student equity or something like that. It's a sort of an entry level thing. So look onto the right. Look at the Writers well, Guild. Can get you. It'll probably get you uh, discounts on going to comedy courses. Discounts like on that. comedy courses and things like that. Yes. Um, so. 
that would be a great way of making a start as well. Um, next time, can we hear how Abby's uh, so-called feminism is going? <laughs> yes, of course. We'll definitely yeah. check in on that, <laughs> as well as uh, <laughs> as well as Joel's burgeoning porn yeah. career. Well, thank you very much for listening. Dave Cohen's got one last uh, thing. Yeah, so it's the Writers Guild of Great Britain. Just look it up on Google. WGGB, the Writers yeah. Guild of Great Britain. Look it up. Thanks very much, guys, and speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.